Welcome to Friday, October 28th, and today's episode of Enough for Today. Thanks for joining me. Tonight at Emmanuel is Trunk or Treat, so it's a great time of fellowship for families, uh, a great time to enjoy with your kids. So come on out and enjoy the time. It's also a good outreach, so pray for those that will receive the gospel tonight, gift bags. Lots of folks will be visiting and, and walking in and through the church, so just pray that God gives us a great night touching our community and blessing our church families, and we're looking forward to it. Pray for safety, pray for all those types of things. Well, we're in Psalm 65. We wrap up our, our week here here in verse um, 2. We spent a good bit of time on verse 1. Praise waiteth for thee, O God, in Zion, and unto thee shall the vow be performed. This was an anticipatory um, expression. We're coming to Jerusalem. We're going to celebrate. We're going to give our offerings. This is going to be a, a wonderful thing. Verse 2, O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. Now, I want you to picture in your mind this migration of people coming into the the, uh, harvest feast at Jerusalem from every direction, from every port, from every hillside village and town, from all over, from miles and miles and miles away, migrating in with their families in entourages and villages, entire families at a time. They're all coming in. And that's the sense of it. Unto thee shall all flesh come. But David says, God, you hear prayer. So these two verses, two and three, the, the, the quality of the heart and the character of God bowing low and listening and receiving and being approachable to, human, to, to humanity is amazing. First of all, he hears prayer and he invites everybody. And the sense of God's work with Israel was not just for Israel, it was for the whole world. It was that all the earth may know, it always has been, it always will be, that all the earth may know. God has always had a people. He's always been showing himself to the world through those people if they will um, follow him, which uh, we tend to tarnish his image. But as we follow him and as we truly represent him well, then we show him to the world. And that's God saying, all flesh can come to me. I want to hear all prayer. I want to receive all humanity. Now, right away, the human conscience says, but what about our sin? So look at verse 3. Iniquities prevail against me. So David is teaching himself. He knows this. God's taught him. But he's also teaching the people. There's a natural barrier that's standing between me and God. There's a natural reason God wouldn't hear my prayer or that I wouldn't be able to approach him or come to him, and that is that iniquity, sin, violation of God's laws, unholiness, by contrast to God's holiness, iniquities prevail against me. So think about the dichotomy here. In one sentence, we've got God's going to hear my prayer, I'm going to praise him, he's he's waiting for me, and and. Uh, I can come to him, oh, but wait a minute, um, I'm sinful. Iniquities prevail, and isn't that the case every day and every week in our lives, the sense that we still, um, we're still sinful beings? So what does David say? As for our transgressions, thou shalt purge them away. It's the gospel, my friends. This, this again shows us how Old Testament believers understood the gospel. In very clear and basic terms, David's saying, I want to approach God. God's inviting me to approach him. But iniquities have stacked up against me and, and would keep me from approaching him. But God's going to deal with my iniquities and he's going to purge them 
away. And the very sense of verse 3 is that David is trusting that. He's proclaiming his belief in the atonement and the redeeming work of God. My friend, if you've never trusted Jesus as Savior, if you're trying to get to God or relate to God on the basis of your performance, your good work, your obedience, your morality, your religiosity, that is by very definition spiritual death. You're dead to God. You're not alive to him. You're not saved. You're lost because your trust is in essentially yourself or in your system of works. In this passage and in many others, God reveals to us that no matter what system of works we enter into, we still have a prevailing stack, a prevailing debt of iniquities against us, transgressions, sins, violations against a holy God, and we cannot come before him. Our only hope is mercy, favor. Our only hope is that God would somehow purge away our transgressions. Well, Isaiah says that God will lay on him, a person, the iniquity, the transgressions of us all, that he is the offering for transgressions, um, that he will save many by his offering, that he will save many from their sins. So these phrases all throughout scripture teach us that the only way we can come to God is on the basis of a substitute, and that substitute is Jesus. So what it means to place your faith in Jesus, to be found, to be born, to be made alive, to be forgiven, is to stop trying to earn your way to God and to place faith and belief in Jesus and the work he has done to bring you to God, to redeem you to God, to reconcile you to him who were once far off. So my friend, my admonition today is if you've never trusted Jesus, right now, right where you are, Open your heart in prayer, talk to him, confess to him that you know your iniquities prevail, but that you need a savior and ask him to purge away and forgive your sins based on what he did on the cross. Tell Jesus you want him to be your savior, not your church, not your pastor, not your priest, not me, not your baptism, not your, not your uh, catechism, not your confirmation, not your anything. Just plain and simple, Jesus on the cross is your only hope. And confess that to him. Admit that to him. Invite him into your life as Savior. Place faith in him. And then, after making that decision, that step of belief, you can rejoice in verse 4. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest. So, it's this two-sided coin. When you choose Christ, you find out when you flip the coin over, you were chosen by him. And it's this wonderful convergence of your will and your belief and your faith meeting the foreknowledge and the, and the uh, beautiful, mysterious purpose of God in that he chose you and you chose him and salvation has been made real in your life as a gift. And if you've already made that decision, then today you have the greatest reason to praise and to carry out your vows of gratitude to God. And that is, though iniquities prevailed against you, God purged them away in his grace. Happy Friday. Pray for a great weekend. Can't wait to worship with our church family. Until then, I'll see you then. And, and uh, if not, I'll see you Monday.